0: Hello and welcome to the Leading Line podcast. Chris here. I hope you're keeping well and staying safe. And we are back and we are going to be looking at the SWPL Cup quarterfinals. I'm obviously not by myself. I'm always with my good friend Campbell Fitness. And Campbell, how are you doing?
1: Just get a big cramp up my foot as you started talking. So I'm kind of t- trying to get through the pain, but I'm fine. Um, I'm all right. How are you?
0: I am good, man. I will vamp a little bit while you get through that pain then. So yeah, we are we're going to focus solely on the SWPL Cup on this podcast. Uh reason being for that is a midweek card um, of SWPL fixtures. So feels like there'll be a little bit of an overlap if you talk too much about them by the time some of you listen to this. And the SWPL Cup is a, a competition in its own right. So certainly we're talking about it and we got to the quarterfinal stage this weekend. Um four quarterfinals. Uh and we between us managed to get three out of the four, which was pretty good going. And uh, yeah, I think the by the end of Sunday, I think we'd seen the goals by from all of them as well, which is good. It makes it a little bit easier to talk about talk about the games in the podcast. Because obviously, the SOPL Cup Campbell, it's maybe not. I think it's fair to say of the cup competition, of the competitions available at the elite level of Scottish football, it's probably the one
1: least heralded at the moment. Um I think that's fair to say. I mean, it's a better format now where it's not seated between the two divisions like like it has been for previous years, which just kind of Almost made it a foregone conclusion of who was going to be in the final stages sort or of the stages. Um, as much as again it's four names you'd probably expect to kind of be in and around it. Um, it's been a tougher way for them to get there for well for most of them. So um it's it's something different. But again, I think it was you're into these games and you kind of had a rough idea who the four teams were going to be, but at the end of the day, they've had to fight to get there and, and finally we've got them. So it's, it's a cup, and I'm sure the players will be happy if they want to win it, and it's not something you want to lose, obviously, so maybe not the biggest, but it's, it's certainly still important to them. Hey-ho, we're here to talk about it, so it's all good.
0: And we're going to start with probably the pick of the ties, I think, for, for most people at the weekend, which is Rangers against Celtic at the Rangers Training Centre. Um, Rangers, who have yet to win a major honour, if I remember my, my stats rightly, uh, in Scottish Women's Football, and Celtic, who won this trophy in 2010. Um, so, yeah, both looking for a first SWPL Cup in a, a wee while, in for Rangers' case. Uh, And I think coming into that game, Campbell, I I think the expectation was Celtic weren't the underdogs. I think that's necessarily the wrong phrasing for it. But I think on the balance of things so far this season, especially looking at the last couple of results, I think most people expected Rangers to come out on top of this one eventually. Obviously, this is now... Well, we'll get into obviously the result of the game, but Rangers had last season unable to get a point off of Celtic in the league. Um, so I think it was certainly something that people were looking for in terms of them going into Sunday.
1: It was, I mean, Celtic obviously have kind of, they always seem to have that feeling of being the third team of the three at the top of the league and getting to the Cups as well. Obviously, kind of, Rangers at home, with the form they've been on, were expected to be the team to go and do really well. But you saw that last season, but as much as they were, arguably a better team than Celtic in the three meetings, they still come away with nothing and obviously we will we'll get to the game here, but it was one of these ones where as much as I think you were slightly slightly leaning towards Rangers, you still had that feeling that, um, that they could just go and dominate and then lose a goal and obviously should sure you'll talk us through the game in a minute, but it was, it was something very similar that happened yet again so it's, it's certainly a worry for Rangers, um, it's all good and well continue, continue to win these other games, they did well against them, um, decided to get a point in the league recently as well, but You kind of need to come out on top in these big games eventually if you'd want to go on and prove that you're one of the best teams there and can go on and actually win something in the end. So, um, it's it's kind of strange at the minute with Rangers, and I I still don't know if there's really been that improvement from last season.
0: Yeah, let's let's talk about the game because, um, yeah, Celtic win again four wins in the bouts against their their old farm rivals to get into the semi finals of the the SWPL Cup. And I mean, going into the game, I I think, in terms of if you were looking pure players, I think, at the moment, at the top of the of Women's Football in Scotland. I think Rangers have the, in terms of squad, I think Rangers have the best pure squad, in terms of talent available. But I think we've talked about a lot in the podcast. In terms of intangibles, Glasgow City and Celtic both seem to have that intangible that Rangers are missing. And once again, Celtic were able to demonstrate that. Because in this game, I mean, a couple of interesting things I noticed from being at the game tactically, which obviously don't necessarily come out in the highlights, but... Celtic were pushing their fullbacks backs Jodie Bartle and Rachel Doranson, super high. I mean, when they were defending, they were defending almost past the halfway line at points, which, as we know, is part of the way that you nullify one of, one of Rangers' key threats, which is obviously coming down the flanks through the through the wing-backs with Nicola Dockery and, and uh, Rachel McLaughlin. Uh, and the other thing there was that they were very much trying to play in between Brianna Vestrup and Shantel Swarby. Charlie Wellings impressed me again. I haven't seen... I've seen Charlie Burns a couple of times now. I thought when I saw her against him she also had that that decisive moment in winning the game two one. But I thought her performance on Sunday was like a, a, one of the most selfless, like striking performances I've seen for a while. And then she obviously gets a goal towards the in the second half. But she was really just working the centre backs, and you could see Celtic were just trying to split them with that pass from the midfield pretty much all the time. Celtic were missing Sarah Hart, which is obviously a bit of a bit of a blow for them in, in that respect. And Rangers have had have still got a number of long term absentees as well, but. Going into the game, uh, first half was pretty cagey. I think it was pretty even. I think Rangers probably had the best of it uh, in terms of attacking impetus. It definitely felt that like Rangers were the ones getting a bit further forward, but they weren't really uh, creating many chances. I think the best best chance came kind of towards okay, in the middle of the half. A really quick counter-attacking move, and they all made its way into Lizzie Arnott and in the centre of the box, and she just had a swing and a miss. And um, I think if she made contact with that Chloe Logan would have been a bit of bother but at half it was now now and it just had that kind of had that kind of feeling out phase of both both teams but Celtic made a change at halftime they, well Celtic and Rangers both made a change at halftime and I think both subs had an impact it's always this from being in the park only for a few minutes nearly put Rangers 1-0 up uh, uh, a kind of deep cross from Brianna Vestrup and Zoe Ness was there at the back post and she, she kind of passed it like the wrong way from Chloe Logan so Chloe Logan was kind of beating all ends up but a trickle past the post and it was one of those chances where you look at it and go is this going to be the, the same story for Rangers in terms of the chances that they're creating and it, it proved to be the case because Celtic as much as Rangers pressed and Celtic absorbed that and tried to earn the counter a little bit um, Celtic did get the goal and uh, Campbell it's it's a goal that is. A, I think is a really good signifier of where this, where the the sh- the, the power is in this fixture at the moment. Because Charlie Wellings has said, clean through and goal. She hit a shot from about twenty five yards out, kind of low, a bit bobbly. Looked like Jenna Fife was behind it all the way, and the next thing you knew, it was in the back of the net. And it just, there's not really much you can say about it. It's, it's been a, it's been an error by Jenna, but. Um, yeah, 1 0 for Celtic, taken. As I was speaking to a couple of the Rangers fans in the stand afterwards, they felt like they were watching the same movie again.
1: I mean, it was you probably had that feeling as the game was going on at the time. I mean, there's only so much you can do when you're not putting the ball in the net that there's always a chance something's going to come in and kill you. And obviously, it's happened there. I mean, Jenna Five should be saving it. She's a better goalkeeper than that. It's one that you say she's watching it the whole way. It's not as if the pitch is really that bad that it's bounced something some, off of something awful and can kind of make it tough for her. It's, it's straight out uh, of that whole way and how it ends on the night I don't really know. It's kind of, Charlie Welland's always looked a wee bit embarrassed to celebrate but I mean, they're all counting. It's, it's frustrating for Rangers when they're playing so well in games but they're just not killing it off and they do, when I mean, they kill these games off really well against some of the sides at the bottom end of the division but they just cannot seem to do it in the big games and this was another one here. I mean, against Glasgow City, you saw they were the team on top for large parts of it, got themselves in front, but they were paid back pretty quickly. We're for um, City, so then here, whenever Celtic get that goal, Celtic are really good at managing games. Um, and it was the same when the games last year. I mean, the one at Celtic Park as well, where again Rangers had so much of the play that night, but one bit again, again, 5 which made the wrong decision that night, has come out, lost a goal, and it's cost them. And I mean, disappointed certainly, but it's it was one I think worth Celtic, they almost know how to play against Rangers. And no two sides are kind of are different from what they had been in previous seasons up until kind of last year, obviously. But it's, it's I was one that I think if you're a Rangers fan, you'd be really frustrated with. But Celtic obviously delighted in into in the semi-final that probably deserved, is kind of merited, sorry, on the, on the early start to the season as well. So credit there. Um, tough one for Rangers, but Celtic at the end of the day, the team that have come out, got the three points. It's what's a tough away venue, of course. And uh, three points or he got their, their place in the next round so fair play to Celtic and all the best of them as well
0: Yeah because I think the thing that happened in the second half well, as well as Zoe Ness having an impact, impact up the top of the pitch for Rangers she was helping to link things up a little bit better, I think, which I think they struggled with a little bit in the first half despite having so much of the possession as Tegan Browie came on and well Rachel Donaldson pushed a little bit uh, Rachel McLaughlin back a little bit Tegan about really pushed Rachel are walking back, and it was that was a bit more of a seesaw in that in that second half. But, I mean, the, the goal's come about kind of out of nothing. It's come about through one of those balls that I talked about uh, earlier on when I was kind of going through the first half of the game. But one of the things that Jennifer does is come out. She did it two or three times in that game. She came out and stuffed at the attack, and in that occasion, she didn't know whether she could have not. I'm not sure. I think the distance is maybe too far in that respect, and she's, she's right to get there. And as I said, she by all intentions purposes, she was right behind it. So it seemed like everything was was going to be fine. But we gave Celtic that goal. And I, I mean, to be fair, Rangers put in the pressure a little bit. Uh, Jane Ross had a, a chance where she lobbed uh, Chloe Logan and it just kind of bounced wide. It got, took a wee nick and then kind of a couple of moments later, she hit one from 30 yards. It looked like it was pretty safe for Chloe Logan. She had to kind of get her hand on it to tip it onto the bar and put it over. But to be honest with you, after that, there wasn't there wasn't any real like, sense of, I don't want to say urgency, but there wasn't that. You know how, Campbell, you know when um, you go to a game of football and somebody needs a winner or an equaliser and you get that kind of like build of anticipation. Didn't really feel like that was the case. And Celtic nearly got nearly got a second goal. Um, a bit of confusion at the back, and uh, Catherine McGovern had a, an open ish goal to aim for, but it was a pretty poor finish. And at the end of the day, yeah, Celtic are through and Rangers are again left wondering what they need to do to win one of these big
1: games they are i mean you don't want to go in too tough and rangers given that i mean you look at the players there the players that have played at a really high level um playing internationally they know what it takes to win things kind of what other clubs have been at as well but it almost seems again coming back to that mentality thing as if they're just lacking something and as you've said the other minute celtic in front of the head seem to drop that a bit almost and when there is that lack of urgency, it's, it's something that, in the end, it makes it easy for Celtic to play against. And you can see right at the end, they also hear Fran Alonso um, during games as well, how vocal he is, and you can hear how excited they are when that final whistle goes, how much it means to them. Whereas that just seems to be kind of, they're a lot quieter at Rangers. It just seems as if there's something flicks in their head the minute that goal goes in, that they just don't think they're going to get back from it. It's... It's something that we've picked on it for kinda of the last season and a half now as well. And it's something that they're gonna to need to pick up on themselves and, and try and fix and they haven't managed it yet. And if they don't then it could make it could well mean that again they're gonna fall short behind City, Celtic and other teams that are challenging for the Cups as well. So it's something certainly for them to work on, but can they put their finger on it? Well that's that's the main question at the minute. It doesn't look like they can.
0: Yeah, um, after the game, I spoke to Malky Thompson and Fran Alonso, so this is what they had to say and then we'll pick up on a couple of things he said um, after that, so here they well, go. first things first, congratulations to the semi-finals, um, can you give me a little bit of uh, insight into the game in your eyes?
2: Uh, I, I thought we were very good in the first half, we controlled the game, they... They were very good in the counter, uh, they were, you know, they protect the central spaces and they are very dangerous because their the players are outstanding, uh, so they create a few chances, uh, nothing, you know, I don't think Chloe have to do any outstanding shake but, you know, they got a few chances and despite we control the game, we, we have one very good one with Charlie, which should, should have been a goal. Uh, and I think the second half, until the goal, we were we were the best team, and we scored the goal. And after that, we we knew we have to dig in and defend and try to try to win the game. Uh, you know, obviously that's it's outstanding team. They are so well organized. They got talent everywhere. Uh, and to win, we knew we have to be 100% concentrated for 90 minutes. And I think this is what we have seen. Uh, we seen some be- good bits of attacking play, and when we have to defend deep and you know clear the ball and, and fight, we have done it as well. So. Uh, I'm, I'm just so proud because this is the fourth time we play Rangers. Uh, for me, you know, is the most talented team in the country. Maybe not the best team because Glasgow City are, really are very good, but you know, they got uh, so much talent everywhere. And a player come off and somebody come on, Brown, Hayes, Zoyner. I mean, they got talent everywhere. Uh, so. To be able to beat them four times from four is unreal, really. So I'm so proud.
0: You you mentioned the talent Rangers have got, but I think in Charlie Wellens you've picked up a pretty special talent. Obviously the goal, the goal had a little bit of a little bit of fortune to it, but I think. Throughout the game, she, she troubled that. being centre back,
2: she, she's been unplayable. I think she, for me, she's been the best player on the pitch. Uh, you know, she was unplayable, she hold plays, she makes runs in behind. Uh, you know, apart from the goal, you know, she could score another one. She's unplayable. She's in a great, uh, I mean, to be fair, most of our players are in a very good form. Uh, we, we, we work very hard to develop the individual. So I think every single individual player is playing almost at the best of their abilities. And Charlie's another example. Uh, I mean, she scored. Four times more goal already than she scored in the last two seasons. So, is very is outstanding for Ali. a very important player for us. Uh, not only the quality she's got, but the work she does for us. You know how she press and how she hold the ball. Is outstanding. But not only Charlie. I'm very I'm very proud of all the girls. Even the one that play ten minutes. Uh, they all they all fight hundred percent and they all uh, make me proud uh, and make it difficult for me because. You know, every every week I have to disappoint a few girls and, and when they got, whatever minutes they got, they, they show me that they deserve to play, so it's a nightmare for me, but a good nightmare to play.
0: You mentioned um, obviously it's the fourth time you've beaten Rangers in a row, you seem to bring an extra level of intensity to these big games like against Rangers in Glasgow City, is it something that you're still trying to get maybe some of the games against some of the teams a little bit more than the league? I, you,
2: you, cannot, you cannot play with this intensity all the league games, it's impossible because then players start to get ACLs uh, so you need to kind of read every game, uh, of course we always want to win, we always are aggressive, but at times, you know, uh, this type of, you know, that's obviously for us is, is, a, is a massive, massive game, uh, because what it means to the club and what it means to our fans, uh, you know, that's a derby, Glasgow derby, is the, is, for me, is the most important game to win, I want to win this game more than any other game.
0: Well, okay, disappointing result, what's your take on the game first of
3: all? Aye, I, well, I think it, it, hinged on, it hinged on a mistake. Um, if we look at the chances we created, I think if we look at the stats and that, we've, we've, we've had a good go at trying to break them down. We've not managed to put the ball in the net, so again we're, we're, we're back to the back to where we were last year. You know, if we don't create and take the chances, then you know we're, we're, we're always at nil-nil and we're, we're vulnerable. So at the other end, uh, one mistake cost us.
0: I was gonna say that a lot of people focus obviously on the Celtic goal, but is it more disappointing that you did create a number of chances in both halves and
3: you didn't Aye, get any well, 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 No. I just spoke to the group there just now, you know, and, and everything about them, everything they're asked to do in training, everything they're asked to do come come the game time there. It's just the quality. We now we now need to make sure and have the belief that when we get in front of a goal we convert the chances and we put the ball in the net. Yeah, Campbell, I
0: wanna I wanna kinda of pick up on one thing that kinda of they both said. Um, I think first of all with uh, with Rangers, one of the questions I put to Melky Thompson was a lot of people will focus on obviously the Jennifer Fife mistake in the in the goal that was scored, but one of, one of his frustrations was that they did create enough chances to, to win the game on Sunday. And do you think that's a lot of a worry that Rangers seem to have developed a bit of a flat back tr- flat, flat track bully? Trait in terms of when they play teams lower than the league, obviously they score more goals than everybody else in the league, conceded less than everybody else in the league. But in these big games, they've only scored one goal in the last four games against Celtic, against Glasgow City. Obviously, they picked up a point, which is a a progress for them. But it, it it must be equally disappointing that they're not putting away chances because they did have at least two good chances in that game. It's
1: so frustrating. And it must be so much more frustrating for managers as well when you're watching that You've set everything up right, you've created the chances, and you've got players there that we know can score goals for club and country, really good players in are attacking areas for Rangers, and they're just simply not doing it. And Not every chance is easy, of course, but sometimes that makes it poor finishing, and when you're, when you're constantly missing things again, then obviously suddenly Celtic score out of pretty much nothing. It, it will impact you, know. it will get in your head, and it, it's something that maybe Rangers need to work on. Um but like you say, when when you're scoring against some of the kind of the lower teams in the league, as much as it's it's maybe less of a challenge, and against Celtic, City, scoring goals should still fill you with confidence, and you know that you can do it. When it steps up to the and it comes up to these big games as well, and why Rangers aren't, I don't know whether it's just something that can again gets in the head. Maybe I'm sure they will probably say it's something else, but if you're not going in the net, you're not going to win games, and it's certainly something that they'll need to pick up on and, and try and improve when he gets into these big games and if they can try and just get rid of that kind of mentality that I think they've got, then maybe we'll see a different Rangers in the big games. But at the minute, like you say, if you don't take your chances, you're not going to win any games. And, and that seems to be the story of Rangers for, for kind of last season and this now as well.
0: Yeah. and I'm, Let's flip it over to, to Fran Alonso and Celtic, because if you ever meet Fran Alonso after his, his team have won a game, he's an incredibly jolly fella after his team have won a game. And, they, they, they play into the fact that they're underdogs. He, he mentioned it in the post match. The players mentioned it. They always talk about being written off. And I don't think they get written off with anywhere near as much as they talk about getting written off. Um, I think there is a there is an element of that sometimes. I think just if you're going back to raw, raw player power, I think they're maybe the third best squad at the moment, though I think City have obviously got a couple of issues in terms of injuries just now. But um, one thing I, I asked him, it was like the intensity. And he mentioned the fact that. He can't always play at that intensity. Speaking referencing to the the draw against Spartans uh, in the previous week, and it's interesting to see that they always seem to pick pick that up. And is that a trait that they maybe? It's hard to, it's hard to quantify. I was trying try to get from Fran like whether or not that's something that he feels like drops off in these these games against the other sides. But I think that's that's the thing that they bring to this kind of top end of women's football. When they bring a a level of intensity whether it's in the big games or like against Spartans where they're like 2-1 down into injury time, they get a legaliser and to be honest with you, they, they could have won it if hadn't been from Rachel Harrison, so is that is that intangible more important than quality at this stage now when you look at how the results have been panning out between those two sides? I
1: mean, it's got to be a bit of both, obviously. Celtic are still a very good side in their own right and you can see with some of the players there, the player of the month nominees and they're scoring plenty of goals, they're conceding few as well, they're, they're a solid unit, but Kind of that thing, like you're saying there, when they know when to step it up, they know when kind of they don't know when they're beaten, sort of thing, and they'll they try their best and fight right to the end to win these games. Yes, it's, it can be tiring, of course, as when you're playing at 100 for 90 minutes, it's, it's almost impossible to keep that up for every single game. But Celtic do really well, and again, there you're saying where well, they've maybe not been in, in that match for large bells on Sunday, but they've kept fighting. They've eventually got their goal. And when they get it, they're probably the best side at game management in the league. And obviously, they've done it themselves, you see that intensity. They come back against Spartans, they've done it against Glasgow City. They come on here against Rangers as well. So, I mean, there's there's, they're clearly very good at it. And I think Fran, since he's come in, that's a real difference you've noticed from the Celtic teams of before. I mean, as much as they were getting close to the Hibs at the time, just behind Glasgow City that season before, before kind of all the change with money and things. You notice it now, and I think Fran has helped that. There seems to be a more, obviously professional, but it's a more professional attitude as well. Um, And it's it's something that's clearly signed in Celtic in good stead. And the bit of quality, I think, sometimes is what kills them just eventually at the end of the season, where they maybe fall that wee bit behind Glasgow City as they have done last year. But they've certainly got that intensity. They've got the right attitude about things. And eventually that's going to pay off. And I'm sure Celtic, if they can't... If they don't win the league, I'm sure they'll certainly target one or both of the Cups as well. And it's it's definitely a good way for them to get some silverware too. So they've got the quality, maybe less so than other teams you see, but that attitude certainly is something that's helped them. And I think Sunday's another perfect example of that. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So Celtic are through to the semi-finals of the SWPL Cup. They and Celtic play each other in the league at the Excelsior Stadium this coming weekend. But as I said, we won't go too much into the league just because of the way the fixtures pan out this week. But let's move on from the first quarter final to the second quarter final. but the last one of the day, which was Aberdeen against Hibs. And our intrepid explorer, Campbell, went off and picked number ground number 36 of 42 uh, in his quest to complete the SPFL grounds up at Cove. And uh, Campbell, yeah, do you want to just talk us through this one?
1: Um, It was very, very cool. It was, it was kind of a strange game. I mean, it was one where we both picked out Aberdeen and Hibs as two sides that we thought would be quite well matched a game or two into the season. um, Hibs, I think, have stepped things up since then. Aberdeen haven't really. And I know they've had injuries and things and that plays a part in it. And Sunday showed that off really well. I mean... Hebbs started so strong, that first half performance is certainly up there. Probably up with the best Hebbs will play all season. They were, they were just relentless, and they're playing into the wind and rain that kind of in the afternoon. Which in the first half saw it was, you would think would maybe not help you. And whether that gave them that extra bit, just to kind of fight through it, I don't know. But they started really well, Um and then Rachel Boyle, which I means a good goal, It's a good pass through from uh, Amy Gallagher, and she'd done well uh, to do it across the corner and to put them up fairly early on in the kind of quarter of an hour in, it, it kinda of set them up even more and, and Aberdeen they found it a bit tough. I mean, they had a great chance just after the goal for Lauren Gordon, but a first touch let her down. But other than that, there they wasn't they really trouble Hibs at all. And then um Rachel Boyle again got a second. There uh, it's good save for Gail Gilmer but she put in the rebound. And at 2 0 Hibbs were they were they were comfortable. Um it probably should have been more at time, And I think that was the one thing that maybe disappointed them. I mean, Joel Murray and, and Dean Gibson said that themselves at full time. And it was one thing that you could notice in the stand as well. We we're thinking they probably should have been kind of out of sight by this point. Um Aberdeen, they were a bit better in the second half. I mean, with Bailey Hutchison's just back from injury, she only got kind of 45 minutes there. I know they another couple of players out, Jenna Penman, there was another one. But defensively, I think Aberdeen were pretty decent, to be honest. I mean they kind of restricted Hibbs in the second half in particular to, to shots really from outside the area, but just going forward was the, the kind of problem, and the only other real chance they had was a back post-header for the leg from a free kick, and Hibs, as much as in the second half, they took the foot off the gas and of you know, maybe disappointed themselves with how they played, they didn't really have to do much more, because Aberdeen couldn't really trouble them going forward, and in the end, 2-0 was a very deserved score for Hibs, and, and they also their through to play Celtic in the semi-finals, and it was one that I think don't think anyone could really have any complaints with.
0: Yeah, obviously they played each other in the league the previous week. Hibs winning one nil, and uh, it was a it was a game I was definitely inter- interested about. If, uh, if day job things hadn't conspired to make things a, a little bit difficult to get up there, maybe we would have done it myself. But yeah, I think um, I think it's a good result for Hibs, and given obviously how the the league's panning out at the moment, a little bit for them. Do the cups feel like the best the best opportunity for Hibs because they, they've obviously run. Celtic and Glasgow City close already. It's Celtic and Rangers close already. They play Glasgow City next weekend, but they've already run like two of the top three close already. So, and we've seen that Spartans can get a result. If Spartans can get a result, there's no reason why Hibs can't get a result against these teams. Is this is this where they lie? Because obviously, they've kind of had a stranglehold in this SWPL Cup. Um, they're the holders just now. They won the last three, four, three or four. Uh, off the top of my head, I've let it slide which one it is But yeah, uh, is this is this a best opportunity for a trophy this season?
1: I think it is, it has been and it probably will continue to be. I think the way things have gone at the three Glasgow clubs, they're always going to be that bit ahead and unless Hibbs make similar kind of changes. So for now, it certainly is, it is where they're going to look to take it home. Obviously, one thing, let's say they were unlucky against Celtic and obviously they'll know when they go to play them in Stirling um, later this month that there'll be a very good chance of them again going on and getting something from it and they're kind of getting there with them. They've got a stronger squad now than I've had before, and I think that helps them. It kind of did let them down previously when they had such a thin squad and they had to be the same players each week, and it was kind of a tough way when you get players injured and things like that. Whereas now they just seem so much stronger. They were very professional in their performance on Sunday. Um, I mean, Aberdeen played better than that this season. and I'm Not saying they made it easy for them, but Hibs were um Hibbs were pretty impressive to be honest. I mean, I've not seen too much of them in, in person this season, but. Um, they were a good side to watch there and I think when it comes to cups on a kind of one-off day if Hibs play like they did in that first half in particular um, on Sunday there then there's absolutely no reason why they can't beat the teams that are ahead of them in the table and although they're that bit stronger Hibbs are a team that they've certainly got the know-how on how to beat them on their day so um, I do think it'll be a foregone conclusion that, that City and Celtic will be the, the two um, finalists I'm sure Hibs will certainly have a lot to say about that as will Spartans of course like you'd said so Two interesting semi finals coming up, but um, a are a pretty decent side, I think at the minute it's, it's probably kind of they're that they're in that limbo almost of they're not quite the top teams, but they're better than those below them. So, um, like we discussed a few weeks ago, they're probably going to finish fourth. So the cups are something that I'm sure they want to they want to go and prioritise, but maybe not prioritise, but certainly, um, certainly give a good attempt at, and, and we'll see how they get on there when when it comes to it. Yeah, absolutely. You've
0: mentioned, obviously, their squad looking a little fuller this season, and Shannon McGregor's obviously come back into the fold. I think that was our first start, and... 20 odd months, something like that. Um, so having a player of her quality to be able to come and will only help them going forward, yeah. So, Hibs are through, but before we wrap up on that game afterwards, you spoke to Aberdeen's Lauren Gordon and Hibs captain Joel Murray, and this is what they
4: had to say.
1: Horrible conditions, and obviously, not the result you wanted either. Lauren, just to this point out today, um,
4: yeah, we're disappointed. I mean, we came into the game, um, knowing that it's a cup game, a quarter final, anything can happen in the cup, um. Obviously the terrible conditions didn't help, but it was the same for both teams. Hibs are a, a great side and we knew that coming into the game. So they've deserved their win today. And we knew we weren't at our best. So we just look onto our game on Wednesday now and focus on the league.
1: was a tight game when you played redemption in the league a couple of weeks ago. So was it a bit disappointing to give away an early goal this afternoon?
4: Yeah, I mean, obviously we came in, um, into the game wanting to get an early goal um, to, try and, to try and get us up the pitch and, and keep us in a positive sort of frame of mind. But to lose that goal so, goal so early on with the conditions as well, it's hard to get up the pitch. Um, and like you say, the game was tight the first time, so um, we knew that we we ha- we, could, we do have goals in us. So we should have we should have probably capitalised on a couple of chances that we did get early on.
1: Obviously in the Cup, I mean, the league's been your priority this season, but you pleased as well with the progress you've had, like you say, to get through the Cup group and then get to here, and obviously you've given a good, head, a good game.
4: Yeah, like I say, we've, we've obviously got out of a tough group at the start of this Cup, so um, to get to a quarter-final, obviously, our first season in SPL1, um, it's, it's, been, it's been good to get to a quarter-final, obviously, we'd have hoped to get to a semi, getting this far anyway, um, but I mean, we're, we're out now, and now our focus obviously turns back to the league
1: in the league, obviously, like you say, with Glasgow City, which is probably as hard as it can get again, but is it good that you've then got sort of tough challenges like that to try and get back instantly in breaking?
4: Yeah, um, obviously, it's a quick turnaround now, Sunday to Wednesday for our next game, but um. obviously, we've we've got a good depth of squad, which we'll probably need to use when it comes back-to-back games like this, so um. yeah, it's good that it's a quick turnaround, I would say, because, I mean, we can now get this game behind us and go back to training this week and then work for the game on Wednesday, so it's, it's good and bad in a sense that we've got a quick turnaround.
1: As a newly promoted team, um, games against Leicester City are obviously not going to be judged on, but what can you really try and take from these sort of matches?
4: I mean, you're testing yourself against the best players in the country, so you've got to take that um, as as every experience you can. I mean, going into a game against Scotland internationalists and internationalists from other countries as well, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's just experience and um, we're a young team, so I'm sure the girls will be really looking forward to it
1: at the semi-final of the cup after a good performance, happy with that?
4: Yeah, we're absolutely delighted. Um, especially
3: on the back of that first half performance, I thought we we're unplayable at times in the first half, um, and that's um, given the the wind and the rain um, against us. I thought we actually played better in the first half than we did the second. But overall, delighted with the the two goals we scored, um, and delighted with the semi-final spot.
1: It a very strong first half performance, were really, you a bit disappointed though that it was only 2-0 at half time?
3: I think so, we, we hit the bar and we, the, we made the keeper um, make a, a few good saves, so we were probably disappointed to go in it too, but we, we've got a, a team that we know we can create from all over the place and we, we showed that in, in abundance today, especially in that first half, so disappointed to, to end on the two goals, but uh, nonetheless we're, we're through and that's all that matters.
1: Stronger as as you are going forward, though. Obviously at the back there, you really restricted Aberdeen to very few chances. Is that pleasing from your point of view as a defender?
3: Yeah, for me, um, my primary focus going out every game is to to not concede and to have a, a strong performance um, from a defensive defensive perspective. And I think we've done that very well tonight, especially in the second half when when Aberdeen pressed us higher and put a bit more pressure on us um, and we, we obviously had the, the wind behind us um, which helped but yeah, from a defensive perspective um, for me it's uh, very very pleased to keep that clean sheet. wasn't it
1: a nice day, so how do the conditions really affect you out there on the park?
3: <laughs> yeah it wasn't and looking out there now it's uh, as calm as it's been all day um, which is typical but I think for us we just need to focus on, on the game, um, take the conditions into consideration um but we we just need to focus on the game and i think we've done that very well tonight um all over the pitch but yeah it wasn't wasn't the easiest or best of of games to to play in considering the conditions but i thought we as a team uh, managed and controlled the game very very well
1: Back to league action with two games in midweek and then obviously next weekend as well we have had some drop points recently so what are the aims at the minute for Hibs?
3: I think for us um, we said at the start of the season we want to, to be better than um, we were last season we want to better our points total we want to better our goals for and, and goals against um, tallies so for us, we take each game as it, as it comes. We were obviously disappointed to to drop the points a, a few weeks ago, but we've not let that phase us. Um, we've got back on the grass and um, we're, we're all in high spirits and very, very positive.
0: So, yeah, Campbell, uh, Hibs are into the semi-finals. Uh, they are obviously through to play Celtic, which you touched on. We'll talk about the draw a little bit fuller shortly. But you also touched upon Glasgow City. And before I headed to Ochenhowie, I headed over to Petersell Park for a, another one of the, the quarterfinals as Glasgow City hosted Partick Thistle, but they both play at Peter South Park, so it was like a Peter South Park derby. Glasgow City against Partick Thistle, I think I turned up to this one hoping that Partick Thistle could give a the similar account as to the Did when they lost 3-1 in Liga a couple of weeks ago, and they were missing a couple of players, London Pollard in particular was a stand-up stand miss uh, for them, and they could only actually name 14 players in. When you kind of looked at the team and you thought this could this could be tough, and then almost within within five minutes, Glasgow City were win a up through a penalty by Lauren Davidson, and that that pretty much set the tone. And then Lauren got a, a second goal, a nice cutting and, cut and then shot from the edge of the box over Danica Dial. I think Partick Thistle may have a, a keeper or two back in the in the next week or so, which I'm sure will be a, a fill up for uh, Brian Graham But was he went two nil up, Campbell? It was the writing kind of felt on the wall. It, it kind of just felt like. They could have called it at that point, which, you know, might might be a little bit unfair, but sometimes you, I think we both experience at times a game, you can get a sense of the game, especially when there's early goals and you kind of know how the rest of the afternoon is going to pan out.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I think looking at the four games, like we said earlier on, you kind of had the feeling of, of who was going to be the favourites for it and for Thistle to make a game of this you've either got to keep it 0-0 for as long as you can or if you can go and get yourself a goal then that could maybe change it um, they didn't obviously and it doesn't help when you're giving City two penalties to to get through and actually 2-0 down kind of kills I mean there's the two penalties Danica Diel's done really well as a goalkeeper but in the last couple of weeks maybe begun to show why she's now an outfield player I mean there's there's two in this game where she feels she probably could have done a lot better and second goal one of them great strike for Lord Davidson right enough but it could probably have been saved. And when, when you're fighting so hard like that, so you, you see it in Claire Doherty's face actually in the, the Glasgow City highlights when the third goal, with the penalties for the third goal, is going to, as the foul was given away, you can see the faces kind of drop. And I think this, you know, it's really hard when you're putting everything into a game, but you're gifting goals to teams that are that are clearly better than you on paper. And I mean, City have, have had that kind of help, and obviously, we got the two goals later on for me for Colville as well. But it was a kind of. Oh, a straightforward afternoon for them really against a Thistle side that will put a lot in. But I've had I've had so many big games in recent weeks. Obviously, we took everything to beat Hibs and then had kind of that game with, part of this, with Hamilton sorry it was kind of back and forth. So it's it's been hard. Um, but again, it's that's been a good run for them to get to where they've been and in, in for Thistle if for City sorry it's it's kind of business done and and the and the semis where they are so used to
2: being.
0: Yeah, I mean two-nil up at half time. I mean, Thistle never, I mean, that one thing you can always say about Thistle is they they don't they don't chuck it. They always kind of basically go for it until it's a very cliche thing I would say, but they do go until the final whistle. Thistle, you never get the impression that they're they're tools down. And I think they, they stuck at it and obviously they kind of kept it to two-nil at half time, but then a few minutes into the second half, a second penalty, Lauren Davidson puts it away again. I think at that point the game, the game just kind of ticks by. Glasgow City bring on a couple of players, Vital Katz and Itha Colville. Vital Katz hasn't had much game time recently. Um, I've always been in the stands a couple of times and Itha Colville getting a couple. Second one, uh, first one a bit bit scrappy, but the second goal, uh, a really nice move, really good ball by Harry Lauder and a really punchy finish from uh, Itha Colville as well, Campbell. (laughs)
1: That's a good word to describe, but it was. It was was a good strike. I mean, for the fourth one, it's... Again, anika has got a hand to it and went straight through but Sophie Payne's on the line and runs straight off and when she runs off the ball ends up exactly where she was doing that's that's something that strikes me watching football nowadays where players or teams don't have players on the posts that they used to do all the time and it's amazing how many goals you'll see right in the post where a player would be standing so it doesn't help this so certainly but again they've, they've given it everything they have done they've had that step up they were a were late addition to the league as well after 4th for pulling out so I mean, they deserve a lot of credit. It doesn't help when, when one of your better players is obviously coming out, like you mentioned, um, London Pollard there, and then you've only got three subs too. So, a tough afternoon um, against a very good side, but I'm sure for them the league's a priority. And if they can stay in the division, then they'll be very, very happy with the season, including obviously getting to, to the cup quarterfinals.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, Glasgow City make it into the, the quarterfinals and they will face Spartans in the final quarterfinals. Spartans to Condon United at Ainsley Park, and the other one o'clock kick off. Um, And I think that there was a little bit of hope that maybe there would be... Well, not hope, but, you know, it wouldn't be impossible to to potentially say so. We've seen that Spartans can occasionally drop down a level when they play teams lower than SWPL 1. And obviously, Dundee United have gone very well in SWPL 2 so far this season. But a a professional performance from from Spartans in terms of getting the win. But I think Dundee United will feel like they, they maybe had a couple of opportunities themselves. Yeah, I mean, from
1: what we've... Been told and then read and seen about the game. It kind of you United know, feel like they could have got something, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's a three 0 defeat. And I mean, the first goal, <laughs> there's a lot of debate about it. Obviously, the angle we've to me it looked in, um, but I've not, I've not seen it close enough to, to really know too much about it. Obviously, it's the ball that they said it went out and didn't, and then went over the line or did it, but. Um, for Spartans to go on the alert that was the sort of thing that would have been needed obviously they beat United in pre-season but friendlies are always totally different games to, to things here and like you've said as much as they had some that good result with Celtic before the international break when when you're not in great form there's that worry that a team is obviously a division below but like, they doing well at the top of the league could come in and cause them problems so to get that first goal and kind of just settle themselves it, would have been a good start for Spartans there and then like I said, the second one's a great strike from Katie through to make it two 0 and then at two 0 up, they've got that breathing space that they need. United obviously chasing the game to get one back, and then Spartans had the third later on. So kind of a bit like Kibb's professional performance, get the job done, and, and Spartans again another team that are always kind of there and thereabouts when it comes to, to the latter end of competitions, and we'll see them back as, um, at fourth bank yet again as well. So a good afternoon for Spartans, and, and then we cut an Edinburgh Glasgow double um, in the semi-finals.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely, and let's, uh, because neither of us are at that game, we can't talk super extensively about it, but yeah, good result for Spartans, and obviously Dundee United will be focusing on the league in terms of joining, well, get, catch up with Glasgow women at the top of the table and obviously looking to get promotion uh, this season. But yeah, let's talk about semi-finals. We've got Celtic against Hibs and Glasgow City against Spartans, uh, and the games are getting played at fourth bank, which is kind of where I think the last two times the Hill Cup semi-finals been played, I'm pretty sure it's been at fourth bank, I think we talked about this last time when we were doing a podcast about the, the semi-finals and the fact that both games are going to happen on the same day. I think there's there's definitely pros, pros and cons. I'm going to focus on the pros, which is it, it makes an event day out of the SWPL Cup semi-finals. And the fact that if you really want, if you want to go and see both semi-finals, you can do that on that day. And I think Stirling is a fine location for it as well. Four-point pitch is usually p- pretty handy. Um, and I think that given the teams competing. I think it's it's pretty sounding. What's what's your thoughts on the fact that we always play these two games on the same day? Um I mean well, no, it's not the same day, they're always on the same day, same venue. That makes more sense, eh?
1: <laughs> um it's it's, it's it's good in a way. Um if it's not good in a way, I mean the fact that the nine times out of ten the, the first game doesn't go extra time. And it then kind of just leaves you that big gap in between of what they be doing now. And that's, for us, it's different if you're doing interviews and things, but if you're turning up as a fan and you think it's got two hours to sit and wait on the next game, as much as Stirling, it's kind of decent enough venue that it's central to them. There's not too much there at Force Bank without them having to go into Sterling itself. So you're kind of, you're at a loss no matter what you do really. I mean, obviously both games are going to be on the same day. It's something to work with in terms of location It's central to both Glasgow and Edinburgh. So, I mean, there's, that, that's all the pros really when you look at it but it's just it's hard enough trying to attract games uh, trying to attract crowds and things here and when, if you're then turning up to watch teams that you're maybe not really supporting it's um it can be quite hard to have a big crowd then watching so there's, there's pros to it but it can, it can be a long day and, and maybe that's something that again puts folk off going but uh, if football's good then and hopefully that'll kinda, it'll get folk to come back but the fact it's in November and cold and potentially going to be rain as it is Scotland doesn't help either. So we'll see what happens, but um, uh, we'll be there. So that's that's a positive, I guess.
0: No, I mean I think I think the fact that two games are there at the same venue, you can come and go in between the two games. I think you're right. There is a bit of a gap if you do want to see both. But obviously, with the turnaround, it means you can get that first game done, turn it around, second game done. You can get get to the game you want to go to. Um, I think that's that's positive. The chance to make it a a bit of a day. We'll get into I'm sure once we hit December, January time, we'll get into the pros and cons of summer seasons against winter seasons, I'm sure. But um I think this is a time of year where this, this traditionally happened anyway, even during the, the summer season, obviously the time of year in terms of when these games are played. And uh, yeah I just hope it's an opportunity for for a bit of a gala day for women's football in Scotland because there is no there is no premiership that day. There is no Sunday fixtures. There is there is no distraction there, there should be an opportunity now to really showcase four of the best teams in the country at the moment i mean it's it's four of the teams that are playing in the, in the top tier um and that should be an opportunity that people grasp and hopefully it's something that broadcasters drafts as well because at the moment if i remember rightly the the final is going to be broadcast on bbc alba which is a fair in december but the semi-finals which are usually on bbc sport online but haven't been announced yet and i know sometimes the the wheels behind the BBC Sport Online process are a little bit slower, um, so it could be something that's going to get announced. But yeah, all in, I think it'll be... I know it's a great opportunity, and I think that's always my view with women's football, is there's a lot of opportunity a lot of the time It's whether the opportunity gets taken, and I think that's a big thing. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, Glasgow City against Spartans, it's a result. I think, obviously, Glasgow City went to into that game favourites, but Spartans have... Caused Glasgow City uh, problems in the past. And I think it'll be uh, an interesting game just to see how Glasgow City settle in because by that point, Grant Scott will no longer be in charge. Uh, it will be uh, Ireland Leeson will have come in. She'll have had a game to kind of get her, her feet on the table. Uh, I think she'll have had a game to get her feet on the table. I'm sure she will have done, but our first game is against Hibs in the league, which is in itself a pretty pretty big challenge. But um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, two, it's two semi-finals which... I think you, you have to the two teams you think are going to go through, but the teams that aren't going to go you, you think probably won't. They they have more than more than capable, as we've already talked about, to to get a result.
1: And that's all we asked for in the semi-final games that are not going to be too one sided. And like I say, City and Celtic are, are favorites for it, but the other two sides have proven that they can be a match for them and anyone on their day. And if they do that, then you just never know, do you? So it's it's one that hopefully the weather's nice, hopefully get a decent enough turnout and you get two, two games it sets up for what should be a good final as well um, for Hell next month. So uh, there's, there's things to be positive about, but let's see how positive we are come Sunday the 14th of November at, at night time. Me, I'm always positive and you promised
0: to bring me a cake, so I I will be absolutely buzzing to come that night. Uh, but yeah, that wraps up the podcast for this week. As I said, we're not going to touch on the league with the midweek card, but go and have a wee check to see if you can get along to a game Wednesday night and then there's games on Sunday. Big games, Rangers Celtic and Hibs, Glasgow City are always, always worth a wee look out for on the SWPL card. But for now, Campbell, thank you very much as always for coming on.
1: You're welcome.
0: And uh, Thank you very much for listening. Stay safe and we'll speak again soon.